What's up, guys? It's me, Lord Monday, and I'm your host, Matt Matias. On this podcast, we interview Christian creators and help you find the meme in everyday life. On this episode of Meme Lord Monday, we had the utmost privilege of interviewing Christian rap sensation KB. He is a multiple-time Dove Award winner for having Rap and Hip Hop Album of the Year. My man is an entrepreneur among entrepreneurs. He is an incredible businessman, very, very accomplished, very skillful rapper, and loves God with all of his heart. This is a republish of an interview that we had with him back during the pandemic. So a lot of the material that will be referenced will be during the pandemic and actually around the time of the murder of George Floyd. KB gives his opinion and his very well thought out and articulated perspective on race relations in America and the George Floyd situation. So if you hear these words and they cause you to feel uneasy about what you're about to hear, I challenge you to listen to this perspective and hear the balance and nuance in KB's perspective. For me and Mike, it was really, really refreshing to hear him talk about this issue in a way that was fair, balanced, and gospel-centered. So if you're listening to this as a Christian, I just want to encourage you listeners to have an open mind when you hear the way he talks about this situation and just how we can tackle this subject from a gospel perspective. Wherever you stand on this topic, I know you're going to enjoy this discussion that we have with KB. Before we get started, I want to recommend an amazing, fun game that you can play with your grandma, your parents, your friends in small group, friends at church and youth group. You can play this with just about anyone. It's called Cards Christians Like. We have our own expansion pack that was made in partnership with Cards Christians Like called Cards Christians Hide. This is a card game that's kind of like apples to apples, but more like Cards Against Humanity that's basically been saved. The combinations you'll make from this game will be absolutely legendary. I cry every time I've played with my small group and we play it all the time still. So if you want to get yourself a game and also get our expansion, check out the link for that in the show notes of this episode. All right, that's the shameless plug. Let's get back to the show. We heavily edit this podcast, so feel free to speak or whatever. If at the end you want to edit anything out, I'll take care of that. You let okay. me know. Uh, but I know you. I know you. You speak fearlessly. I know how you do, bro. Yes. I know you. I know you do. You. I try. I. I I even heard the bar that you, you spit. You're like, interviews fearlessly. I, you said it something like that. <laughs> what, how's the bar go? Help me out. I'm sorry, brother. Like uh, interviews, I don't tiptoe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah, bro, I'm just trying to ruin my career <laughs> one way or another, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I just it. It's going to happen, so I want to control it. I want to make it happen myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so my name is Matt, and this is Mike. Michael. What's up? What's up, bro? But yeah, man, we appreciate you. You've been following us for a while, and we we always appreciate your music. Um, Thank you, like for real, for real. And, and uh, I know a while back we had a little little tussle about the meme. Yes, <laughs> I made the I, meme. I mentioned it in the podcast. Did I call y'all out? Did I say? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not like specifically, yeah. but you you alluded to our page, which I mean, I, I mean, I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna take a moment to talk about what we're referencing here. So 
A while back when Kanye West released his album, Jesus is King, I made a meme with this huge robot ninja monster looking thing walking through the ocean and it was labeled Kanye West. And then by the beach area, there was a bunch of little kids playing in the sand and whatever. And I had that labeled whatever Christian rap has been doing up until this point. And KB brought it up on his podcast, Southside Rabbi. Go check it out. It's a really great podcast. And he talked about how you know, his thoughts about, about it and stuff like that. And so we, we talked about it on this podcast and uh, just referenced how goofy we were being. We were just talking about how much we liked Jesus is King and we genuinely appreciate KB. So there you go. I definitely would. Cause I follow y'all. So that's why I saw it. I was like, what are these dudes doing? Whoever these dudes, What are they doing? Yeah. We just, you know, we did it for the lulls. You feel me? You know, we're not, in reality, we love you. And actually, in our first episode of the podcast, we, we even said that we're like, dude, KB's the man, that he, he took it in stride. And that we appreciate it. That's what's it. up. That's what's up. I personally, I'm curious, like, how you been holding up with the COVID and everything like that? We've been holding up pretty good. I'm kind of a homebody anyways. And my work schedule is pretty much work five days a week from nine to two every day. And, uh, and I, I spend most of that time alone anyways or working virtually, or I'll have a producer come by, but they only come by for an hour or two. So it hasn't disrupted my workflow as much. For the first like month it did, because I took my studio home out of my office and I took it to my house and I got nothing done because my kids are home all day. Mm. So um, so I didn't get, I literally, like my album was just on hold for like a month and a half. Um, then I was like, okay, I just got to risk being around other people that work in the office because I got to get stuff done. Right. So, um, so now that I'm back up, so it's, it's been, I'm kind of back to my rhythm again. Cause we never got shut down. We didn't have to shut down our business. Um, but we did anyways. I, I had everybody work from home, but as, t- as time progressed, it was like, let's see if we can kind of social distance and get back in this. And so that was a little bit of a challenge, but it hasn't been that disruptive. What's been most disruptive has been how all the shows that we had booked till August were canceled. Mm. So that was pretty disruptive. But in some ways, it was a blessing, too, because I I feel like I've never had an extended time off the road for almost seven years. And I had planned to take three months, the first three months of the year off. And the Lord decided to make that six and seven and eight. So, oh, well, I, it kind of is what it is. So I, I'm just trying to be there for people in my community and trying to take advantage of this time that at the end of it, I'm a better man than I was before it started. Speaking about your businesses, man, you're you're not a businessman. You're a business, man. How many things you got going on right now? You got the you got the native supply, correct? Yes. Is Native Supply and HGA, are those two different things or are they within the same vein? How does that work? They kind of share. They got some brand intersections. But Native Supply is a merchandise company. So HGA is a brand with Native Supply. and But Native Supply prints and designs and does e-commerce and customer service and all that stuff. Like Native Supply's clients are like the... Gavi and 1K Pew and RG and Joseph Solomon, Jackie Hill, Perry, Preston, Perry, Mike Todd, bunch of folks. So it's a company that does service, that does services. 
And I am a client and also owner, one of the owners. So now by God's grace, that doesn't pull on me as much these days. Okay. Uh, so I'm able to <laughs> just peek my head in there once a month at this point. Uh, but for the most part, I'm this studio that I'm in right now, this KB116, that's the, well, that's the name of my touring company and that's mine. That's my bread and butter. So that's where my focus is. Nice. Let's yeah. go. Man, I only aspire to, to <laughs> taste of such greatness. Dude, for real, no, you are an inspiration to the black community. I am. I myself am Hispanic, but as you can tell, I'm a little chocolatey. Beautiful. So, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I always respect uh, people who uh, come from the black community who are successful. Yeah. I was just listening to Kevin Hart on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I was like, man, he's, you know, this, this is a necessary thing for the black community and for minorities uh, alike to hear and see. And I, I just thank you for you, for what you're doing, brother. Hey, man, brother. God bless you, man. I don't know how you're feeling lately. I, I mean, I'm noticing you've been posting about my brother George. Yeah. And, and the situation yeah. that's going on with that. But what, man? Yeah, it's terrible. I, I mean, it's up to you if you want to even talk about it. Cause like, I'll, I'll, talk I'll about be anything. honest. It, it, like, I'm hurting. I'll be honest with you. I'm hurting, bro. Yeah. So here, KB stops to give his opinion about the happenings of George Floyd back in the day. And our emotions are really raw at this moment because we had just seen everything on live television. And I think the nation as a whole was just really, really distraught and divided about how to handle this situation. But what you're about to hear is a very balanced, in my opinion, a very balanced opinion and perspective on how we can both view the issues uh, nationally with the, the racial divide and how we can best care for police officers um, and approach everything from a gospel perspective. So here's KB. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a tough it's, it's really it's a, a, it's a tough reality because it's not a. It, these are isolated events, that, but they're connected mm -hmm. to an entire web of a problematic system uh, mm -hmm. that is not serving our citizens well. Um, and it's also not serving the police officers who exist within the system. There's a there's a lot of reform that has happened in virtually every institution in our country over the years. But policing is one that has had the least amount of movement around switching things up and mm -hmm. trying to make them better. Um, when you see police departments embrace reform, which you, which you do see around the nation, like in Daytona, for, for example, Daytona Beach, uh, their police department embraced a reform to their policing that involved their own bias and uh, also their preparedness. Like one of the things mm. that you see in policing is that police are trained like 10 times more in how to, to, to kill and fight uh, than, which, than de-escalate a situation. Right. So it's like a few hours mm. of, of de-escalation and then tons of, of time on how to act. Not even how to react, but how to act based on an assumption. Even before a threat is fully mm -hmm. formed, you mm -hmm. to save your life, you have to act first. So the, I, I feel like the system isn't serving our police officers in the way that it ought to keep them more prepared. Now, I mentioned Daytona because Daytona Beach's police department felt that and started training their officers. And then they immediately started seeing the disparities in in arrests, in mm -hmm. police shootings, 
and uh, uh, all the other disparities that, that, that you see across the nation started to go away. And you were able to see like, yo, it, when you begin to reform, it actually serves not only the people that are being policed, but it also serves the police themselves because mm. it's just a broken, it, it's a broken system and racism and implicit bias is really a part. It's a piece to the puzzle of the problem. And because of the history of state violence and unarmed individuals taken in custody, particularly black unarmed and, and detained citizens, because of the history of that, the state in that, it has created a volatile situation because it's a spectrum, right? It's not like everyone's mm-hmm. just getting killed. Every, every time you, you stop, <laughs> they're not like hunting us, but you do have these situations where that does happen. But that does not excuse the entire spectrum of harassment. I don't know a single, I don't know one African-American that has not been harassed unjustly by the police. I don't know one. <laughs> I don't know one. I'm not even African-American that I, I felt it. Right. Like, that's so real. Half of my white friends, probably about a third of my white friends have the same story. That there's mm. something going on that needs to be addressed. And when these things happen... It shows that it's like a powder keg that, 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 you know, and I think that's the thing that I want people to understand that it's, this is not something that's happening in a back, a vacuum. It isn't like, Oh, we dropped the ball one time and now y'all want to start, you know, turning up. No, like there is a history, like decades and decades of the same thing happening and, and on a spectrum, not necessarily taking someone's life all the time. But there's people losing their jobs and being harassed or threatened. I got threatened sitting in my driveway two weeks ago. You kidding? Uh, I saw yes. I saw your post about that. Yeah. He thought that the police officer thought that me sitting in my driveway at 10 o'clock at night going into 11 o'clock looked suspicious because he said that there was some there was some robberies in the area. There's robberies in every area. There's, there's, there's nowhere where there's not robberies. Oh you know what I'm gosh. saying? Like, w- what about me sitting in my car, you know what I'm saying, at night talking on FaceTime, looks like I'm robbing my house. Mm. And 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 for, for some people, they will look at that and dismiss it and say, well, he's just trying to do his job. Because some people do do that. But what you don't appreciate is what that does to me as a soul, as a man. How do I feel that someone is walking up to me, banging on my car door with their hand on their gun and talking mm. to me aggressively? What type of fear does that strike in me? What, what does that make me think? And how does that affect my dignity? How embarrassing is it that these lights are going off crazy and my neighbors are coming outside, my mainly white neighbors are coming outside looking mm-hmm. at the police, the police officer questioning me? What do you think that does to me? How does that malform me? How does that hurt me? How does it make me angry? And if I don't have the spirit of God inside of me pushing back against that, what do you think that's going to produce in me if it's yeah. happening in a repetitive way? Seriously. You got to appreciate all of that when we talk about this conversation. Yeah. No, I I really respect that opinion. It's very balanced in, in my opinion because I don't feel like it's it's too much in, in any direction. And like, I, I think there's a lot that goes to say about somebody who's experienced it. Like I've experienced that too. I've, I've there's, There was a time I was just at a red light and I was going to make a right turn. Right. And a, a non-unmarked vehicle came right in front of my car. Driver got out the vehicle and said, you can't turn here. And I was like, I mean, what do you mean? I can't turn here. And 
apparently there's a sign that I didn't see that was covered by by the tree. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean I can't? And I was starting to get in. They're like, dude, what are you doing? Get back in your car. I'll, right, I'll, right, about, right. The rum- I'll about the rumble boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And then he's like, you want to be arrested? And he pulls up his shirt. And he got it. He got it right there. Oh, I'm like, I ain't trying to die right now, bro. Bro, why don't you lead with that? Lead with I'm, exa- I'm like, I even know you was like that, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I mean, I'm just trying to go to Burger King right now. <laughs> Straight up. Right, right, right. It, I was shook for the rest of the day. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people have, have experienced that. Um, right, right, right. That, that right. type of escalate. That, and that's the thing. It's the it's the type of escalation. Right. Um, that's That might be different. Right. It's, it's, it's different. Exactly. exactly. In, in my opinion. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. So I guess, how do you feel that hip-hop ties into this? Because I know the origins of rap comes from oppression. It comes from disparity. So right. Christian hip-hop, how do you feel like that we, we can help and cater to these situations with that mode? Well, I believe that Jesus is Lord, and um, I live my life under his lordship. So my response is going to be, we need Jesus. Now, that's just mm-hmm. a kind of generic answer, but let me try to explain what I mean by that. What I mean is that ultimate reform has to happen on the heart level, where these issues flow from in the heart. It's not just the heart. We, we, we definitely want to work with laws and, and practices and things of that nature, but we ultimately want people to practice differently with each other, also believe different things. Like, I want you to believe good things when you think about black people, when you think about brown people, and or you think about white people, I want you to believe good things, but I also want you to feel differently. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like hip-hop has is a, is a powerful medium that can, it really affects the way that you feel, the way you think, and where you believe. And we get an opportunity to give people the ultimate answer, which is the power of the gospel mm-hmm. that is experienced through believing in Jesus so I think that what we do is very important because we're able to really get to the heart of the thing. And, and I'm, a, I'm a testament of somebody that still lives within a broken system, a racialized society, that I often feel the effects of years of residue. I, I guess mm-hmm. so I'm experiencing the residue of a, of a racist society. Mm-hmm. And I have to deal with that via the gospel. And I've watched the gospel transform me and other individuals who are at the end of oppressive systems and seeing it act as a kind of suffering, but then introduces us to a kind of joy and favor in God's sight that makes us stronger as men and as women. So I am a testament of what the gospel can do when it gets a hold of somebody's heart in the midst of the kind of things that that we saw happen this week with our brother who was suffocated to death happened. The internet is more accessible than it's ever been. And with that has come an absolute pandemic of people addicted to pornography. This addiction statistically is affecting Christians and non-Christians alike. It's a problem. Porn is a human problem, but Covenant Eyes provides a human solution. Covenant Eyes helps you and the ones you love live porn-free through transformative accountability relationships. With Covenant Eyes, you choose someone that you know and trust to walk with you as your ally and to hold you accountable for your online behavior. Me and my friends use it, and I've seen it firsthand break the bonds of addiction in people's lives. This stuff works. 
So basically what you do is you download the Covenant Eyes app, it tracks the activity on your devices, and your friend who's your ally gets a victory app which shares your activity feed right to their phone. You and your ally will be able to celebrate victories together and have honest and caring conversations about your successes, setbacks, and triggers. Nothing works better than this. If you struggle with pornography addiction online and you're ready to see some victory in your life, download Covenant Eyes and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Try it out. I've gotten so many success stories from this app, and that's why I'm so happy that they've chosen to sponsor Meme Lord Monday. Again, that's Covenant Eyes. Use the link in the show notes of this episode and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Victory over addiction has never been easier. It's crazy. Earlier you mentioned how cops are trained at a much higher end for combat and and for um, a physical de-escalation uh, style. Um, so I train jujitsu, and I believe you're into boxing, right? I, I see a lot of boxing stuff yeah, yeah. in your videos. Is that, are you, yeah. Do you box a little? I do, I do, yeah. Uh, hey, that's yeah, what's up. You, are you into yeah. martial mixed martial arts at all or just boxing? No, just the boxing, man. I I, I don't do the uh, the grappling <laughs> and the kicking. <laughs> I understand, man. Like, it's not for everyone, not totally. But I, I guess to go back to my point, like, I think... It, what 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 makes it really even more indefensible what we what we saw happen is if you're trained for combat you know what moves do what um right and if mm-hmm. you have your knee on someone's neck like it i think it's pretty explanatory what what the result end result's going to be um right and apparently this guy you know he's had uh, he's been with the force for a long time and i don't know how it's I don't know how it's defensible. I don't. I don't understand how any of that's defensible. Not, yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. That's the other thing that the Daytona, the Daytona Police Department, one of the leaders who who was I don't know what his official role was or title was when he's explaining the changes that they've made within their, their their police department. One of the things he pointed out was that these police officers come out of the academy, mm-hmm. and they've never felt a punch to the face. <laughs> now, you know, doing MMA, yeah. doing jujitsu, that one of the first things you got to overcome is you have to be able to get hit without going completely in panic and fear mode. Mm. You have to be able to be in control or be close to hits or where, where it's hostile, mm. but you still stay at peace. That's a massive part of any kind of combat sport. And, and that's what the officer pointed out. He said that these guys have never put a punch to the face. They really don't know how to fight. Mm-hmm. They only know they have to resort to the the thing that is going to settle the situation that they're best at using. And that is a lot of times ultimate force or deadly and lethal force. So that's another thing that we can help. And let me just say this last thing. This conversation has kind of really couched itself in the police situation but yeah it's important to recognize that the system is not just causing problems for the citizens as i said before but it's hurting police officers mm, yes police officers are among the most suicidal group of the institution mm-hmm. in terms of those who are part of or drug addiction is rampant alcohol alcoholism is rampant domestic violence is rampant mm. um and uh, so on and so forth. In fact, in not too far from na- my neighborhood, a uh, stone's throw from my neighborhood, recently a police officer killed his wife and himself in front of his children. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that is saying that if you really want to support the police, if you really want to 
be a Christian and support those who are in authority and all that stuff that, that folks say. If you want to do that, you need to actually care about them. Just don't mm. be defensive when somebody points out that they're doing something wrong right. or that there's some racist undertones in the uh, the policing practices. Don't just get defensive at that. Care about the way their souls are being shaped and yeah. how the systems mm. aren't serving and empowering them, how they don't have access to good pay, yeah. not good counsel, yeah. good accountability, things that would help them to do their job better. They're basically given militarization in their weaponry, but they don't have the military's training. Mm -hmm. I'm from the military. I grew up in the military. I'm a military brat. <laughs> These guys are trained. They have PT training. You have to stay on your P's and Q's all the time. They keep the power that they have access to. They're constantly trained to handle that power. Yeah. And we don't do that for our police officers. Mm. So if you really want to support the police, care about the ways that they are hurting. Yeah. They're hurting us, but also they themselves are hurting. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that that's a way that we got to think about this holistically, empower them to serve us better. Because mm -hmm. the idea of policing is a great idea. They have public servants who are going to who are going to show up and help us when we when we need them. That's a great idea. But it ought to be. But it, it's not an idea that is easily executed and. We are seeing it, it's not being executed at the at in a way that's in step with taking care of image bearers. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate your perspective, and I agree. We should absolutely love our uh, those who are, are meant to serve and protect us. I train with police officers, and you know I love them dearly. I would hate for anything to happen to them. Um, right. And I, I appreciate that we can focus on this in a gospel perspective. How the gospel heals all, um, right? And forgives all. So. I totally appreciate your perspective and the way you've, you've handled that. So I guess going back to um, rap a little bit, like how, how do you feel about how theology, the state of theology within hip hop nowadays, how, how are you feeling about how we can grapple with the root of things and then use this tool of hip hop? How is, how's that been handled? I guess uh, in our present age. Well, well I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for a lot of the new artists that are making music uh, yeah. these days. And I don't really have a critical word for people maybe putting more depth in their music and stuff like that. I think that there's Christian hip hop is a whole spectrum right. of different kinds of artists. And I think that if we see ourselves all being on the same team, almost every base is being covered. Uh, but one of the things that I think is unique to Christian hip hop and that is was, was taught to me from guys like ambassador and, and flame mm -hmm. and the truth cross movement in general. One of the things that, I've tried to hold on. I, I mean, I don't hold on to everything that they did back in the day, but the one thing, uh, one of many things, because I mostly liked what they did, but the one, one of the really important things that I've held on to is that we are not people that just ask questions. We're not people that just get out outraged at stuff. We are people that give answers. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I, I would want to see Christian musicians in general be answer givers mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like or at least set up the answer you know what i mean ollie oop it mm -hmm. you don't need to dunk it <laughs> but lead us towards answers of what do we do because we have a unique space that people listen to us they care about our opinion and far be it from me and i hope it's far from christian hip-hop in general that we spend time 
with the answers and Bible and with our Bible in our private time with Jesus in small group, when we're at church, when we're on the block, when we're in the grocery store, we're just drinking down the answers mm. and then won't tell anybody in our music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, bro, again, it's okay to not slam dunk it, but Ali, you must point it to the, don't come here just as confused as everyone else. That's what I don't like. There's some rappers that, that kind of <laughs> wear their, the fact that they don't know anything and their confusion like a, a badge. Like, yeah. like right, man, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Well, I guess you can do that. I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but please don't be surprised that I don't respect you or, or recommend you or want to listen to you. Yeah. Because mm. we want people to stand on something. That Even the non-Christian artists that I like that are in my playlist on Spotify right now that are in hip-hop, Kendrick or Cole, uh, every now and then even Amigos song. Mm -hmm. These guys are standing for something. They stand on what they believe in, even if it's mm -hmm. bad and you shouldn't, they shouldn't be. It is. That's what hip-hop is. Yeah. It's people with backbones, not a bunch of jellyfish rappers. Yeah, you gotta be based. Stand up for something. You gotta and be based. We get to stand up for something that can actually save. Amen. Right. Yeah, amen. We gotta, like, that's crazy. Like you just opened my mind up to a lot of, <laughs> to a lot of like how Christian hip hop has been handled, and, and like because I've always wanted to like right. how do you articulate that? And and you just nailed it right there. That's what it is. A lot of dudes are just not based. They're not based. They 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 don't know who they are or where yeah, they are. That just just as confused. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, bro absolutely, brother, brother, you know how to preach, bro. <laughs> you you got some preaching. Uh, abilities in there yeah. as well. And I think that contributes to, to your rap skills as well. I mean, so are, are you involved with your local church? Like you were an elder or are you just kind of? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I'm a, I'm at a Baptist church. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm a part of the lead team. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm a part of the preaching team there. So mm. yeah, I preach there and try to serve as best that I can on the lead team. So, mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yes, indeed. I think that creates good artists as well. Just being involved with the local church and being in the trenches, trenches, uh, experiencing church. Yes, uh, Mike, you got. You said you had a question for him, Mike. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of a good wrap up question. How can you? Because uh, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast. They listen to Christian music, but they don't understand really how to best support the artists that they listen to. What are some ways that your fans can? Mm support you better by not just listening to Spotify, but some other ways that they can support what you do. Great question, bro. So one of the reasons that I started Native Supply is because I realized that artists were going to essentially be hindered in their ability to provide for themselves and to build their careers with the rise of streaming. And, um, and record labels, owning masters, and this is a whole lot of things at play that make it difficult for an artist to make money unless he's doing lots of shows. And uh, so I started Native because I saw that merchandise is actually, you know, could be top three biggest income. And for some people, like a Chance the Rapper, for example, it could be the number one source of, of income for everything you do. And uh, like that three hat that Chance the Rapper has is basically funded his tours, his career, his his activism, all of that stuff. So if you really want to support your artists, uh, support us, 
listen to the song, but buy the merch, you know, support the merch because that that is uh that that really goes right to the artist's bottom line and it nets you to the artist in a special way because you're getting to basically wear the artist's uniform and you wearing it and taking pictures in it or for our stuff we try to make merchandise that you can have conversations with people about um you can you know share your faith with it stuff like that but it brings us all together into this this little ecosystem of, of mutual support where the artist is taken care of, the brand is continued. You get something really cool that, that you can be proud to, to wear. Um, so I would just encourage, if you really want to have the most effect on an artist, the highest level of commitment in these times, I think, is, uh, is, is purchasing some merch for them. And the only thing that I would say that's next to that would probably be buying a ticket to see them perform live. So those are things you can do. Absolutely. With that being said, we totally want to support you, brother. Everybody go check out Armies. That John is a bop. I think that thing really is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> really love it. Um, also, you. check out Native Supply is HGA clothing. But I'll, yeah, we'll let you go here. And I, dude, it, it's been our honor. It's been our honor to, to have you here. Uh, so thank you Most so much definitely. for your time and, and for the, the words of wisdom you've given us today. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Take care, brother. Amen, brothers. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, man. God bless that man. Love KB. Check him out on whoiskb.com. He's actually doing a new tour right now through the month of October. He's going to be touring with Passion, No Big Deal, Sam Rivera, Trip Lee, Evan Craft, and Flame. This tour looks incredible. So if you have the chance, go visit whoiskb.com to get tickets for that. This episode was an archived episode from when this podcast was called the Memes for Jesus podcast. If you want to have access to all the other interviews with amazing people that I've done, you can become a supporter of this podcast through our supercast the link for that is in the show notes of this episode so check that out become a supporter for as little as two dollars a month and you will have access to archived episodes just like this one and also unedited episodes before they drop thanks so much for listening if you want to catch the video edition of these interviews i'm going to start posting on my youtube meme lord monday on youtube so check that out I'll put the link for that also in the show notes of this episode so you can stay up to date and watch the crazy interviews that I have with amazing people. And that's about it. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to rate uh, and review. If you hate the podcast, I don't care. Just give me the five stars and then you can review. In the review, you can say how much you hate me. I don't mind. Please do that. But yeah, that's it. All right, guys. I will see you next Monday.